Hello and welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach, serving you straight up business advice to help you start, grow and scale the business of your dreams. Hello and welcome back to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, author of How to Start a Side Hustle and resident business coach. And on today's episode, it is super special because we have one of the guests from our Make Your Mark event, which is a in-person event that we did in collaboration with Squarespace in early August 2023. And we were meant to record that event. Unfortunately, we had some tech issues because we're all human, uh, but luckily enough, we managed to get our guests to come on the podcast and share some of the wisdom that they shared on the night. And so the event was all about how to market yourself online. And today's guest is Alexis Fernandez, who is a podcaster herself. She's the host of Do You Fucking Mind podcast. She's also a best-selling author and has a bachelor in neuroscience, one of my favorite topics. And in this conversation, we dive into how she built that brand in COVID and how she went from Start being a Pilates and PT instructor to going to study neuroscience, starting that podcast, carving out her brand and her space, um, and in particular, like niching down into an audience that's okay with her swearing, which I love. Also, lots of amazing mindset hacks about routines, being consistent in your business, speaking to your audience, so much gold, so much wisdom, dynamic conversation, full of energy and lots of gold. I have no doubt you'll enjoy it. Let us know what you think and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast, Alexis. You're normally on the other side of this. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's so good to have you. And we are re-recording a conversation that was so dynamic at the Make Your Mark um, event that we hosted a few, it was like three weeks ago nearly. I think and, about three weeks ago now. Yeah, that yeah. was great. That was oh great. It really flowed so well. So hopefully we can bring back some of the essence yeah. of that. I, my favorite take home from the event to make everyone listening have FOMO was it was really funny. Yeah. Everyone was on fire. Lex was hilarious. I was, <laughs> she's so funny. Yeah, she's huge energy, but I felt like everyone just like had so much awesome input. So we're going to try and capture some of the amazing advice that you gave on on the night. Um, but maybe we'll kick off and start with introducing yourself and your business, what you do and how it started. Yeah. So I'm Alexis Fernandez. I my The main thing that I do is I have a podcast called Do You Fucking Mind? And that podcast is all around psychology and neuroscience as well. So I kind of blend the two together. And my background is, so to try and wrap it up in a nutshell, because it's all over the place, but I did, I, I always wanted to be an actor when I was younger and I was like acting, acting, acting. And when I was around, I, oh, I would have been 19 or 20, I thought I had done a year in Sydney at Sydney Theatre School, came, mm. went back to Brisbane. I was living in Brisbane at the time. And I kind of was a bit lost, didn't really know what I wanted to do other than acting. So I thought, well, I, I need to be stimulated quite a bit and I do love to learn. So I thought I'll just 
go to uni and just study a whole bunch of random things mm. in the meantime. And I chose history, languages, psychology. And in psychology, there was this lecturer who was a guest lecturer talking about neuroscience and neuroanatomy. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I'm I'm obsessed. I'm hooked. So I ran down at the end and I spoke to him and he said, look, change your major to cognitive neuroscience. Wow. So I did. Did the major. I loved it. We got to dissect human brains. It was awesome. Oh my God. So like, I just, I never thought I would be into that because I avoided all sciencey subjects in high school. I was all into the arts. So I was surprised that I loved it so much. But then I was still really wanting to be an actor. So I finished uni. At the same time, I also got my qualifications as a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor. Mm -hmm. And then I went through this whole seven-year self-discovery journey where I wasn't studying anything all through my 20s. I lived overseas multiple times. Mm. I quit acting. I was just really into fitness and loving it. But I always wanted to return to the brain. It was always this thing in the Mm. back of my mind thinking, oh, you know, I'd, I'd read neuroscience textbooks in my spare time. I oh, I just loved it so much. So I thought I'll just apply for my master's. I didn't think I'd get in, but I thought it'd give me mm. a good idea as to what I needed to get in. But I got accepted and I freaked out. So I deferred for a year and <laughs> the following year I did it. And halfway through the master's, I thought, wow, I'm loving this so much that And every time I'd speak to someone about the brain, they'd be like, oh my God, you are so excited about this topic. And I thought, well, I I learn by teaching. You know, when you explain something to someone, you consolidate that information a lot better and and you understand where the gaps in your own knowledge are. So Mm -hmm. I always say to people, no matter what the topic is, teach someone what you've just learned and you'll know what you know and what you don't know. Mm. And then it's easier to review it. Don't just silently learn it. So I thought I'll do a podcast and I'll just talk about the brain and Mm. psychology. And I started it and it was... it was a mix between it's the topic that it resonates with so many people, but also I started it at the start of COVID. So a lot of people were looking for mm. more podcasts. Podcasts in general, internationally, had this massive surge because everyone was working from home. And yeah, within around an eight-month period, maybe less, I quit my full-time job and I was just podcasting. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I actually remembered um, in high school, one of our teachers told us that um, teaching somebody else helps you to retain information mm-hmm. as a way to like study together. And it ended up with like this one cheeky guy in my class would call call me like the night before the exam and be like, hey, do you remember how the teacher told us? Like, I'm <laughs> going to help you if you teach me what's going to be in the exam. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's so also funny. Be used to manipulate. Yeah. Um, oh, that's clever though. Resourceful. Yeah. <laughs> um, we both passed. Uh, but I also love that around, you know, I was the same with science, like hating it. Now, like in my spare time, I'm like reading quantum physics and like understanding how, you know, particles, what you focus, when you focus on them, they appear. And Yeah. Like, yeah. It's really like amazing. And it's also a huge credit to, I think, the younger generations coming through. I'm so, I'm so in awe of all these younger, you know, teenagers, late teens, early 20s, I'm really in awe of them because when I was that age and also all the people I hung around with, Mm. science was never really something that unless you were fully into that scene, you didn't really talk about it, you didn't really care about it. Mm. But now they just have such a hunger for this and I love it because it's something they talk about. You look at some of the most successful accounts on TikTok are science accounts Mm. or science accounts. So it just shows that people are just in general have such a deep interest Mm. for it, which is amazing. 
Yeah, I love it. And also, I think that to that point around when you care about something, you you want to you want to study it. You want to go and do you know the masters and apply and you know cut brains open. And yeah, yeah, because it's a passion, right? It is. It is, and it's yeah. not. I wouldn't say it was easy. The course it was not easy, yeah. but I think a lot of people think, "Whoa, you must be so smart or so intelligent." And I'm like, yeah, "It's not really that. It's it's if you apply yourself to something, anything, mm. and you're interested, it's so achievable to do it. Mm. It's so mm. achievable. I think people look at they look at the end result or they look at the whole thing in one go and they think, "Whoa, I could never. Whoa, you must be you must be intelligent to be able to do that." Mm. It's like, no, I learn along the way. I I don't yeah. consider myself more intelligent than the average person or less intelligent, but it's it comes down to interest and mm. and passion. Because if yeah. you look at there's so many degrees that because I don't have the interest, I would do terribly at, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a motivation hack. I remember reading about, you know, if you have autonomy over what you're doing, it's a the right amount of challenge for you and mm. it's creative, then you're it's that's how you hack your motivation. That's right. And I think it's so interesting because it's like people it's it's a really good example for not copying other people's career paths or trying to do what, you know, someone else tells you Definitely. or picking a career too early because it's what you think you're meant to do. Exactly. And I think yeah. that it's really good to have a, a lot of the people that I look up to are not even remotely in my mm-hmm. in the industry that I'm in, but I look up to them for how they have succeeded or how they followed what they want to follow. So I think you could still have all these role models, but you don't need to, they don't need to be in the same industry. Mm. You just kind of have to find people that inspire you and how they achieve something and you can achieve it, you know, using those tools, but achieving something completely different. For your, yeah, for what's right for you and your passion. Yeah, I love that. Um, And so I love that about jumping in COVID and then seven months. So were you studying your master's at that point? Because I think you were kind of teaching as you you were going. Yep. Yep. So I was just starting my second year. Yep. Yep. And... Literally, I had done, I think it, we we had gone back in one week and then mm-hmm. the second week, that's when all the lockdowns hit and we weren't going into the university, which is really difficult because this yeah. course that I was doing, a lot of uni courses are flexible with, you can do it remotely or not, but this course, they had to really turn it around. But this course was, you had to be there in person. There was a lot of lab work. So it was quite interesting to kind of turn things, turn it around and mm. restructure how they did things. And I hated doing it from home. I yeah. loved going on campus. I loved going in and talking to the, I just, mm. I loved everything about it. And so yeah. it was a bit of a bummer to do it from home. Yeah. So I think that the podcast was a bit of a, a bit of a savior for me as well, personally. Yeah. The lecture is just Ubering you brains to dissect on. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> would have been a good business model. I loved it. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think that actually ties perfectly into building this huge, you know, like I think at the Make Your Mark event, um, event, it was like a lineup of people. I watched you and I was like, man, that you just gave out energy all night to everyone who just Thank loved you. you and wanted to have a conversation and sign you a book and mm. um, take photos. And I think that's such a compliment, like a, a reflection of the brand that you've created mm-hmm. and how people go, you know, how do I build an online following? How do I quit my job and be a full-time podcaster? Yeah. Like all these get a book deal. Um, but yeah, how, how did you go? Was that intentional? Is that your personality? Obviously connection during COVID was a big part of it. 
Yeah, so I you've think got a, you've got a lot of, of beans. Lots yeah, of beans. the beans that that's mm. my, my community of I call them my beans. And people are like, what is she saying at the end of the podcast? At the start, they're like beans or beans. <laughs> they're like bean, like a Mexican jumping bean. But they <laughs> just, look, it it kind of unfolded very organically in the sense that I didn't know exactly where I would be headed when I started mm. it. I knew I knew what I loved and I knew what I wanted to talk about. But I didn't know ultimately what my why was going to be. And I figured that out pretty quickly as mm. I started. And I noticed that most of the feedback that I got from people early on and to this day was how it impacted their relationship with themselves. Mm. How, whether I spoke about, you know, dealing with a narcissist versus self-love versus getting over a breakup. It didn't matter the topic, but people were saying, I'm so much more confident. I'm so much happier in my own skin. Oh, I used to exercise to punish my body, but now, now I love my body because I learned X, Y, Z, you know? So then I realized that as it evolved, I was really helping people change their relationships with themselves. And that's a really emotional personal thing. So people connect very, very, very deeply if you've had an impact on how they feel about themselves. And so when I meet people, they are so wanting and willing to share their story with me. That's why when I met every, all the beans there at the event, people not only are coming for a photo or the book, they're saying, I want to tell you how and exactly which episode changed my trajectory or changed how I felt in that moment or changed my relationship or all sorts of things. And there were people that would mention specific episodes. There yeah. were people that, you know, were, were crying saying, I can't, you know, I, it's amazing the change that I've had because mm. of this specific episode. So I think it's been incredible because I've learned so much from my audience mm. as they have, are learning from me. And it's kind of this, you know, this two-way street. And when I get to meet them in person, it's my favorite thing to do. It's honestly the best thing for me. I love that because it's a relationship, you know, and I, like when you look at marketing books and, you know, how to build a business and stuff, like we're moving away from advertising where they just put a mm. billboard up or ran a page in the, ad, in the, in the newspaper. Yeah. It's like, how do you, yeah, authentically connect with somebody and yeah, yeah be of service? I can't remember who's who mentioned this at the event, mm. but it's this idea, I think you might have been talking about it at the beginning before we started the panel, but it's this idea of we are in an age of very short attention spans. Mm. And if you look at the psychology behind all the brands that, you know, well, TikTok, Instagram, everything, but also devices, it is designed, it is skewed, like they know how we work. And so mm. it's it's designed to have, you know, short attention span, this will grab your attention, this will grab your attention. So how do you cut through and go from a 30 second video that someone's going to get over, like, over very quickly if it goes for longer mm. than 30 seconds to a 50 minute episode of me talking mm. with no visual stimulus? Like how do you, you know, and it's, People want that. They're craving that. They just don't know. Sometimes people don't know what it is that they want and it don't, they don't know what they need. And sometimes when you tap in on an emotional level and someone feels heard mm -hmm. and they feel understood, then you, you, you've got that connection and you can work on that and you can build on that. And then people keep coming to the podcast because for them it is, it is a two-way relationship. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like, oh, I'm just consuming content and then I leave. They genuinely feel that we have a relationship and mm -hmm. I do too, even though I 
rarely get mm. to meet them, but it feels that way. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's that, you know, you know this better than anyone, but it's like when you make someone feel something, that's a neuropathway that mm. is firing and wiring in a memory mm. and in a, a physical emotion, that's you know, right. which is so much more powerful than whether they double tap on a photo, exactly. you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. And when and when someone, you know, is willing to dedicate their time extended amount of time that says a lot it says a mm. lot about how they're feeling about something and and you know what mm. you make them feel as well yeah I love that and I think that you also mentioned this on the night about being um led by your audience you know which is mm. and and ask. one of the things that you have on your website is that people can come and ask questions exactly that oh that's a huge one yeah, yeah. And, and I love it because you know, people are always saying, you know, what? how about this topic? How about that? And I'm always like, there's there's a question box in there. Well, there's two. Yeah. One is if I do a live show, where do you want it to be? And so there's a category for that. And then the other one is ask me any, it, more so advice. So people will write yeah. their stories asking for advice. And mm-hmm. at the end of every episode, I will answer one listener question. Yeah. And it is incredible the amount of questions that come in to the extent that every few episodes I sometimes just have to do a full episode of just advice questions because I'm never going to get through them all and I really want to but it's just you know I check my email inbox and it's all these emails from Squarespace, like listen a question, listen a question. And I love it. I love reading them. I love, I love, I love answering them. Yeah. It's also such a nice one. We talked about like websites and the roles that they play. And it's like, you know, Instagram can get so overwhelming with DMs oh. and, you know, things like that. So it's like it has that functionality to be able yeah. to just like um, organize it for you and that people can feel like they're writing, you know, Definitely. dear Dolly, Dolly Doctor. It, it is. It is like that. And I feel like, it's also a good place because I I personally consider myself not an organized person, despite what many people may think. I'm <laughs> not organized. I've got great routines. I'm just not organized. And for me, the website is a really good way of for people to to go on there and they can ask me questions, but they can also look at what it is exactly that I do. I feel like my Instagram is a bit of a shit show. And unless you've been on my podcast and listened to it for a few episodes, you might not know exactly what I'm about or or what the podcast is about. So it, it is like a great central hub to have everything, you know, mm-hmm. on there. It explains what I'm about. I've got my merchandise. I've got, you know, questions. It's everything. So it's, mm-hmm. it is really good. Yeah. And you've got like a portal on there where you, people can do courses and or classes yes. and so, meditations. Well, coming soon. Yes. Oh. Yes. So I'm going to be starting a membership soon. I actually used to do memberships. Mm. back in the day. And this is when my audience was a fraction of the size and it actually did really well, but I was coming into my final semester at Mm. at uni. So I thought, I'm just going to stop this altogether because I don't want to be giving out average content. Mm. I'll I'll start it up again once I finished. And then, you know, just life happens as it does. And so I stopped it and did the final semester. Then I got a book deal and all this Mm. stuff happened. And now it's been nearly two years since I've been Courses. So I'm so pumped to get back to doing it because I know how much people loved it. And it was a a, a next level of interaction mm. with my audience. I think that's also what we're seeing, right? Is like take your time to find the audience that resonate with you, that love what you're doing, build the connection, mm. and then yeah, be guided by them and add more to it. Yes. Like and just keep yes. serving them in those ways. And then when you get to that point of it's starting with the quality relationship everything else almost feels easier to sell. Definitely, definitely. Mm. And and I know that 
for people that are wanting to start their own thing and they think, oh, okay, well, okay, she started the podcast and then in eight months she quit her job. I do want to kind of disclaimer, whatever you yeah. want to say, call it. I do want to say that it sounds like it was this overnight thing. And yes, the podcast as, as, as its own entity did unfold quite quickly, but my journey to even do the podcast and to know how to identify what it was that I wanted to do and to know how to speak to my audience. That's been about 10 years Mm. in the making of trial and error, trial and error, trial and error. So for those people that are like, but I tried a podcast and it's been a year and I've only got, Mm. you know, three downloads, just keep trying more Mm. things and different things and then circle back to what you had started and do it in a different way. It, It takes some people, yes, it's overnight. Some people, it's years. And just don't be disheartened when mm. something doesn't click because every single thing that failed for me in my 20s, at least some aspects of them, I've been able to reuse those skills in what I'm doing today. So that I started literally a t-shirt brand that failed. I started three different blogs, like writing blogs that none of them took off, but I loved that aspect. And for everything that I've done, I've been able to use that skill in what I'm doing today. And it makes my life so much easier because I had those difficult quote unquote failures early on. Mm, I love that. And I think it's a real reflection of your brand, just thinking out loud now, because you've got that tagline about having a better relationship with yourself and you've obviously lived it, you know, like you've Mm. been on this journey of like, who am I? What's my voice? What am I here to do? You know, and, and trialing and failing until you get to like an authentic version of like, this is me, this is what I'm here to do. And then it, you know, it, it, it has legs. Yeah. And and to truly, truly learn about yourself, you know, from going from a position when you're not that self-aware to then becoming really self-aware. Well, it's always evolving. I'm always trying to become more and more self-aware. There's probably a lot I'm not aware about, but in general, it's that journey. And I look at how much of this can I use? How much of my own experiences and journey can I be using to benefit my audience as well? Because I think sometimes you'll look at someone that seems to have their shit together and you think, oh, but Maybe you've always had your shit together and I love using examples of when I absolutely did not or where I would be someone that, you know, I went through this heartbreak that caused me to cry myself to sleep every night for a year while most people seem to get over it so much quicker and I just could not pick myself back up and I couldn't, you know. So I love using those examples because I think, you know, I was able to learn from that. I was able to do something about that and I didn't process it well at the time. And it's not like everything that comes my way, it's, oh, it's water for ducks back. It wasn't for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's good to have those moments because you can learn from them, you rebuild, and then you're able to, I guess, teach and talk about it. Make content. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes I think I'm like, thank God for those narcissists that I dated because the content is so good. (laughs) I love it. I'm the same. And I feel like, you know, every it's over the years I used to like, you know, as a business coach too, it's like sometimes it's, um, you know, you have it and you're like, oh, I failed at that or I didn't do it right. Or, you know, and it's like, I've been able to shift my mindset to going, okay, well, what is this here to teach me? And if I'm going through it, someone else is going through it. So 100%. Yeah. 100%. I agree. Hey, I love the name of your podcast and I'm keen to start like, you know, off the back of the, all the things that failed. How did you go about that kind of first steps to branding? Do you fucking mind? How's that going? Like, you know, I think we talked also on the, on the, 
uh, panel about, you know, whether people have been like, can, you know, change it, what ex- expected you to change it? How yeah. has it been in the science space of them being like, oh, this rat bag, you know? Like- yeah, yeah. So the initial idea for the name of the podcast, I was actually brainstorming for a while and I was thinking, well, I want... At first, I was going to call it Mindset Hacks for a Badass Life, but now that's the tagline of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I thought it's good, but it's not, it's not, you know, it's not a title. It's a, it's Mm -hmm. a tagline. So that's Mm -hmm. not going to work. And then I kept thinking of, I wanted the word mind in there, something about mind, mindset, whatever. So I'm brainstorming and I was like, do, do you mind? Do you mind? And my cousin, Lorena, she said, do you fucking mind? And I was like, Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable. That is perfect because I swear. Yeah, I was like, that's that's it. And I said, I'm going to sleep on it, but I'm pretty sure that's it. And then the next day I was already like, this is it. I'm already doing the artwork for the podcast, which I did kind of on this random, a couple of like random apps and just slapped it together. And people are like, that's such a like... What graphic designer did you use? I'm like, oh, my God, I just put like a photo of myself through this app that turns it into a cartoon and that was it. But, yeah, I was using that name straight away and I was really happy with that name because a few people have said to me, do you think that that name deters people from listening to your podcast? And I said, yes, but it is in a good deterrent in the sense that with a name like that, if you don't like swearing, you're probably not going to listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. which is just as well because I swear quite a bit mm-hmm. in the podcast and, you know, I'm dropping C-bombs, I'm dropping F-bombs, you know, hopefully in the right places. But, it, you know, so if you're someone that's going to be offended by that title, then they're not going to listen to the podcast in the first place and they're not going to leave a bad review because of the language when I want you to review the content of the podcast, not the language. And then the the swearing helps me, actually benefits me because a lot of people say, oh, when you drop the C-bomb in that exact place, I knew I had to change my life. Like, I think it just hits people, certain people, not all people, but some people, it just gets them and they're like, yes, that's exactly how I was feeling in that time. And you said it exactly how I would have said it. And so it's really helped my brand more Mm. so than I thought it would. And when I've been looking at, you know, when when I've been in chats with networks for the podcast Mm. and when you change contracts and go to a new network, Mm. there were you know, sometimes that question gets raised, like, would you ever consider changing the name as far as, as the podcast keeps growing and growing internationally? And I'm pretty hell-bent on not changing the name. I've thought about it long and hard and I do understand why mm. there's that, you know, do you change it? But it is the brand. Mm. The name is so heavily intertwined with the podcast, the brand. I think it speaks about my podcast perfectly. It sums it up perfectly. So. Yeah. I love it. No, it's such and it's such a good advice for people looking to start a business or a podcast. And it's, you know, it's. I mean, my, my take on it. And tell me if this is right for you and whether it was intentional or not. But it's the it's a reflection of you, you know. Mm. And it's like if you're going to be the teacher, you've yeah. got to, it's easier to sustain a business if you're doing something that's you know an extension of who you are, totally. rather than trying to fit into a box. Like you'll eventually get over it. It's exhausting, or you you know. You get off track or it gets boring. Yep. Exactly. And and I also think that people sometimes worry about cutting out an audience group or a customer base mm. or they, they they really worry about that. And there is no, I genuinely don't think there's no, there's nothing that's too niche. Nothing. Mm. 
you know, there, there is a market for everything and everyone. You just need to know how to speak to that audience. Mm. And it's better to know who you're not targeting as early as possible. If you enter thinking it's for everyone, it's for everyone, then your decisions will be influenced by trying to please everyone. Mm. And at times that might be okay, but many times it's not going to be good because mm. you're just going to be too washed out, too diluted, and it's not going to speak to the people who you want to speak to. So mm. sometimes... Yes, I'm sure. I know for a fact that I have cut out a lot of people that might have listened to the podcast. And if there was no swearing, mm. they would have benefited from that. I know that. But would me softening the podcast have made the people that do love it less passionate? Maybe. Mm. You know, so I think the way I run it, it gets the people that do listen die hard. Mm. And then the people that don't listen, okay, I've lost them, but I'd rather have a community that is die hard and resonates on my level. Mm. than something that's just meh, but a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah and it's working. So It's working and it's growing massively. Proof. So I'm like, I'm obviously targeting enough people. Good. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's, I love that because I think, yeah, people worry about, oh, there won't be enough business in this space. But yeah. um, tell us just quickly on that kind of trajectory of like, yeah, putting it out, especially because podcast, right, is like you don't necessarily see the engagement as much mm. or it's definitely not in real time as social media or even website stats for that yeah. matter. Um, but what was, you know, whether it was the first listener that wrote to you or seeing, you know, what was that kind of seven-month um, trajectory that where you're yeah. like, oh, this is a thing? Yeah, well, it it first actually started because I was a guest before I launched my podcast. I was a guest on my friend's podcast, which is called Happy Hour with Lucy and Nikki. And they're mm. hilarious. It's very comedy, but they interview people and they had me on to talk about heartbreak and getting over heartbreak. Mm. So I spoke about it from my own experiences, but also from how I got over it and how it's impacted me and all of that. And it really resonated with a, ho a whole bunch of their listeners. So I was already getting... DMs mm. before I launched the podcast about people saying that story just struck a chord with me. I felt like you were telling my story. So I thought, okay, I've got a good way of telling stories. People really enjoyed how I told it, whatever. Then when I announced on, and I didn't have a big following at all. Mm. I just had, you know, not many, but when I announced on my Instagram that I was starting a podcast, those people that had DM'd me said, we can't wait. We can't wait. This is amazing. So when I launched the podcast, I had like probably more than most people would when they launch because of that interview that I did. Mm. And so, but these people that listened, they were already waiting for it because they had heard me interview mm. on another podcast. So they were hungry to hear the next thing or what I had to say. And these people instantly, and I didn't know these people personally, but they were like, oh my God, I can't wait for episode two. And they would share it. Mm. So you always have to ask yourself, well, at least in podcasting, you have to ask yourself, why would why would someone, why would this resonate with someone? What am I providing them? There's always something you can provide them. If it's comedy, you're providing them like an escape. If it's, mm. it could be educational, it could be a solution. I believe that mine is a solution. I'm providing mm -hmm. a solution, sometimes educational. But you always have to think, what am I providing you? Because some people get on a podcast and just have a whinge. And mm. it's like, unless you're a comedian, you're not providing anything because mm. that whinge better be hilarious because why would someone think I'm coming back for more? Mm. And then the next thing is, why would someone be so compelled to share this because the growth of my podcast in that eight-month period and then massively beyond has mm. been almost completely, almost completely word of mouth. Mm. So 
It is people feeling, not only do I love this, but I love it so much that I have to share this with my friends and family, or I have to share this on my Instagram because it just, you know, when you watch a video and you think, this is me, this is me, yeah. you have to put it on your story because you're like, I don't care if anyone answers. It's just, a, it's a representation of me. Yeah. That's the episodes of the podcast. Yeah. I love it. It's like, yeah, why memes go so well? Because it's just exactly. a style of communicating. Yeah, someone, it, 100%, yeah. It, it is. It's You see yourself in that or you just think, oh, my yeah. God, this could not be more accurate and you have yeah. to share it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then so obviously like building the brand beyond that and, you know, your loyal followers, but keeping it, has it been hard to kind of keep it clean like in in that kind of – discipline way of showing mm. up consistent because I think you do two episodes a week is yeah, that right? it's, yeah. It's two a week and I when I first started so and that's something that I learned along the way and I learned it relatively quickly because when I first started it was oh I'll just release an episode maybe once a week maybe once a fortnight mm. and I realized that the times that it was more consistent of course the audience growth was more consistent when it was kind of a bit haphazard there, people and then you get so many questions when's the next one when's the next one and you don't want to keep your audience always hanging out for the next one. It's okay once in a while when you have a, a break. It's okay to build up that excitement, but you don't want to do it all the time because people get over it. So yeah. I found pretty quickly, okay, we need consistency. And then I picked the days and I found that for me, everyone's different, but for me, Monday and Friday worked really well. So I stuck to those days. And I didn't start doing two episodes a week until a year and a half into the podcast. Mm -hmm. Then I thought, okay, now it's time to ramp it up to two. And I found that yeah, you also need to understand your overall theme mm, because mm. my topics do vary a lot. I'll have people come on as guests. There's a there's a whole range of things, but my overall theme is always true to the why, which is to help people improve their relationship with themselves. And mm. everything that I talk about can relate to that one central theme. And so sometimes if I think about an episode or this or that, or if someone's like, you should interview this person. And I think they're very interesting, mm. but it doesn't align with the podcast and it just wouldn't make sense. So mm. I would rather listen to their podcast, share their podcast. But if it's not something that's going to work for the overall theme of the podcast, then it's not going to work. You know, mm. sometimes you have to be a bit ruthless. Sometimes you might love a concept, but it just might not follow that theme. You want people to roughly know what they're in for. When they come here, they're like, all right, this is, people call it the therapy sessions. People are like, oh, you know, my therapy session twice a week. I can't then randomly do a topic about something that's so off the mark that people are like, oh, is this going to keep happening? Yeah. And you do, I've done that before too, where I'm like, oh, no, this is a good business move as mm. an interview or something. And then it like, I'm in the Tank. interview and it's just, yeah, completely changed because you're just like, it was not in alignment with the why and it was about me and not about my audience. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And then and people, the and you think, oh, this is great. This is great. It's like, it probably is great content, mm. but people will go to a different or, you know, to a different kind of podcast or read a different style mm. if that's what they're looking for. If you yeah. know, if you've already carved out your brand and you know exactly why your audience keeps coming back. Give the people what they want, you know. Yeah, and they'll be the first to tell you when it's, you know, when you've, you know, strayed from your purpose. And I that's think, it. yeah, and then it's that's, you know, that's a trust thing that you're doing. And I think it's that, back to that point that you were saying too, about it's not an overnight success, you know. It's mm. like, yeah, it's saying, sometimes saying no 
and sometimes you know doing things even if you're like um because I think you can easily get caught into that like oh but yeah but then that's going to skyrocket me here and and it's the ego that just is is like like trying to get you an overnight success win when the reality is it's showing up consistently and doing the work yeah and it is and and I feel like a lot of people and you look at a lot of brands as well not even individuals but you look at a lot of brands and a lot of these massive brands that re- are really successful have always circled back to their original mm. their original thing that they were doing or their original why or their statement you know how a lot of brands have a statement mm. you know they a lot of them will circle back to find their roots again or to begin to connect back because that's what worked and sometimes yeah. when you evolve as a personality or evolve as a brand you always need to evolve Mm. Always. But sometimes they try and rebrand so heavily that the original reason as to why they did so well gets lost. Mm. And so you need to find yourself again. So I think it's always important that when you're evolving and when you're growing, you have to ask yourself, why am I getting rid of certain things and why Mm. am I adding certain things? Because it's good to evolve. And I'm the first advocate to talk about evolving constantly, but you have to stick to what works as well. Mm. You know, it would be so ridiculous if I all of a sudden decided to change what I do. And I, it's it's only interviews now mm. when people love me just talking to them, just me, yeah. you know. So while I want to include more interviews because I love people's stories, it would be very detrimental for my brand mm. to have more interviews than me just talking. So mm. little things yeah. like that. No, know? I love that. And what has the journey for you been in terms of like, you know, that confidence of showing up consistently as your voice? And, you know, obviously we're all human and we're all trying to evolve and, you know, you life still happens. Yeah. But what has been, you know, some of those times or like even, you know, growing the brand from the original kind of failures, but what, it, or you know, things that didn't work before yeah. this? Yeah. What What's your, you know... Any any fun stories in there of like yeah, when you've but, had to be like dig deep to show up for yourself? In yeah, your definitely. Because I think I think a lot of the time, you know, you you go through this. Ideally, you always want to be doing things for the process mm. of doing it. You know, that is ultimately what you want to be doing in everything that you do. You want to be doing it for the process. But a lot of the time, we do look at the outcome as a way of measuring how well we've done. Mm-hmm. So then we become outcome-driven instead of process-driven. So it's kind of always trying to remind yourself, I'm here for the process, I'm here for the process. But sometimes you can get caught up. If you're too in your head, if you're not really enjoying what you're doing, if you're highly, I find that when I'm really stressed, I become more critical. And it doesn't have to relate. If I'm stressed in one area of my life that's completely different, I become more self-critical in other areas. For example, randomly when I got my puppy. I was so stressed. It was the most stressful experience ever. <laughs> but, oh, getting a puppy is so stressful. And I found that my work was suffering because mm. I was at my wits end and I wasn't sleeping well. And, <laughs> and so it's amazing to see that stress in general or anything, you have to just be patient with yourself and think, mm. maybe I'm making decisions that aren't actually helpful for myself right now because I'm mm. stressed. And I found that those are the times when I would look at you know, either other scientists or other science podcasts. And I think, should I be doing it more like that? Should I be a bit more mm. serious? Should I this? Should I that? Should I? And then you get really critical and you think, wait a minute, relax. Yes, those people are doing well because that's their brand. Of course mm. they're doing well. And there are podcasters that are really heavily into science that I love to listen to, mm. but it's not my brand. And I can't replicate that. And I wouldn't want to replicate that. I could have them on my podcast. Mm but I wouldn't want to replicate it because if I were to then start criticizing myself and changing myself to be a bit more like that or to imitate the structure of that kind of podcast, then I would lose the essence of what makes my Mm. brand 
my brand, you know? So I think it's really important to remind yourself that when you look at your quote unquote competition, I don't, Mm. I think in podcasting competition is pretty like laxed because Mm. there's no, I don't, I feel like I don't have competition in podcasting Mm. because people always want more and more and more podcasts. Mm. But when you look at your quote unquote competition, you should try and look for what inspires you in your competition, not, not I should be exactly like this or I should be doing that or I'm not good enough because I'm not doing that. So mm. I look at at other science podcasters like Huberman, Huberman Lab and all of that and I can get inspiration from them, mm. but it never makes me want to do my podcast like them because there's a Huberman Lab and there's mm. a Do Your Fucking Mind and they're mm. very different. They're very different. great, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it is that constant reminding yourself of like I'm here for the process. Yeah, I love I'm that. not here to get the results of that person or get the results of that person. Yeah, stay in your own lane. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hey, and um, before we wrap up, we could talk for hours, I feel, because we haven't even touched on Joe Dispenza. Um, <laughs> um, meditations. Yeah. You're, um, what, what are some of the things that you're doing to stay, you know, like to love yourself on a regular basis so that you can show up for work? Did you get rid of the dog? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Do you know what? I actually, at one point, and I would never care to admit this because I love my dog so much, but at one point I'm like, do we need to just give him to someone that's going to give him a better life? Because I was just so stressed. And now I'm so obsessed with my child. His name's Habib. I love him. He's the most chilled dog ever. You just got to stick it out sometimes. It's a so. real thing where they just, they don't sleep and they're And they're yappy. just chaos. You leave them for 30 seconds and they're acting like as if they're being slaughtered. It was just, just horrible. But now I'm, I'm really glad I pushed through. And I feel like it's yeah. like training for whenever I have a child. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I feel like so, when I got a puppy, my sisters were like, I was like, I get it now because my sisters are parents. I'm like, I get mm-hmm. it. They're like, don't you dare. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't compare. Do not compare. Yeah. I'm like, it's real. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Although one of my friends, I just love how not true this is, but one of my friends is like, and she's got a baby. She's like, I feel like humans are easier than puppies because you just take them with you. With puppies, you yeah. have to like figure out where they're going to go when you can't be there. It's like when they ruin your house. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. To answer your question, yes. self-love, I do, I think one of the best ways to show yourself self-love, and I'm actually doing an episode on this I think, mm. next week, but it is to be disciplined. That mm. is the one of the greatest ways you can show up for yourself. And I, the older I get, the more disciplined I get and the more it works for me. You get so mm. much freedom when you're disciplined. You get so much of what you want when you're disciplined. So for me, the biggest act of self-love you could ever give yourself for me is a morning routine. It mm. sounds so boring, but it I is love fun. a morning routine. It's the best. Oh. It's the best. And I don't love it every morning. I don't. Mm. There are times where I get up at 5.30 and I'm like, no, 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 no. But you do it. You know, I meditate every single morning. I go to the gym every single morning. No matter what I do, it's 30 minutes. I'm there. And I feel so amazing after, Mm. you know, not just because I feel that I've achieved something because that's one of the things, but I also feel that I gain so much from that. My energy mm. levels are higher. I sleep a lot better. I'm a lot calmer. I'm just a better version of myself when mm. I do that. So it's it's an it's an act of love when you dedicate the time and mental effort to 
have discipline around something. Mm, so for me, it's that. discipline. Yeah. It's so, you know what I love about that? I just realized is because I do the a morning routine and you feel like you don't have time for it and then you have, you do it and you have more time because mm. of the focus and the energy. But mm. I always like the thing I think is best for me is that I made, I made a promise to myself and I started my day showing myself that I can keep my promise. Yeah. And like, so it's yes, like, oh, you're like, honoring a commitment to yourself. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, look, I said I was going to do this thing and I did it. What else can I do? hundred <laughs> percent. And that's why I say yeah. to people, like, just start small because you'll be amazed mm-hmm. at how confident you become in your own skin when mm-hmm. you follow through with a promise to yourself. So if you yeah. start small, just get up at, if, if you always get up at 8am, get up at 7.50 for the next mm. week. You did that. You did it, you know, and yeah. then little tiny things that are a joke to not do it, do mm. it. Yeah. And you just build and build and build. Mm. Sometimes I do it with like, you know, you walk past something here, like I've got to put that away and I just go stop and put it away. Yes. And like, that's a little thing where I'm like, oh, I did it rather than procrastinating about like 100%, it. hundred percent, one hundred percent. The best Love thing. That. Yeah. Hey, um, thank you so much for all of your amazing advice. But if there was one final thing to leave people with wanting to start a podcast, their own business, you know, they're in this the the mix of it at the moment, what would your number one tip be? Number one tip is was well, kind of two statements. What it's never too late. It's never too late. I think a lot of people will say, oh, but the market's saturated, the this or that. No. It's always been saturated. Mm. Unless you were an earlier, like early, whatever, whatever you call it, adapter. adapter or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it's never too late. And to piggyback of that, the only like great pain that you feel is the regret of not doing something. Mm-hmm. If you do something and it fails, it's done. It's done. It never takes up space in your head ever again. It's You're not going to kick yourself for attempting something where it didn't work out. You'll never kick yourself for something that you did your best in and you couldn't control the outcome of. What you could control is you doing your best. If it didn't work out, it's because there are other factors that are not in your control. You don't kick mm. yourself for that. You always, it's when you hear people talk about regrets, it's always because they didn't do something mm. or they didn't say something or they didn't stand up for themselves or they didn't. It's always, I didn't, dot, dot, mm. dot, dot. So I think that if you're thinking about starting the business, just start. Don't mm. wait until you're ready because how are you going to be ready for something that you don't really know what it's like? You learn as you go in a, in most situations. So just start mm. because it'll be five years time and you'll still be wanting to do that thing if you haven't given it a go. Amazing. Incredible advice. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. And we recorded all of it. <laughs> just you. quickly, where can people find you? So the podcast is Do You Fucking Mind? Uh, if you just search do you F and then asterisk for the U-C-K and then I-N-G mind mm-hmm. uh, on wherever you listen to your podcast. And then on Instagram, it's D-Y-F-M podcast. And then the website is uh, dyfm.com.au. Amazing. Stay tuned for courses coming soon. Can't wait. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you. Bye.